Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of An Amber Day, the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Fisher, and thank you so much for being here today. Uh, today's episode is another edition of Conversations with Amber. This is a monthly series that I do on this podcast where I just kind of um, tell you guys what's going on. It's sort of a stream of consciousness deal. So if you're not into that, if you're looking for more specific uh, information about, you know, PCOS or different health conditions or things like that, you might want to move on to a different podcast. But what I do on Conversations with Amber is just kind of give you guys a glimpse into my real actual life. So yeah, so hi, everyone. I'm excited that you're here. Um, the reason that I keep doing that introduction is because the biggest thing going on with me right now is uh, your girl is like popular on TikTok. Um, so if you're coming here to listen to me from TikTok, hello, welcome. Um, for the, for my listeners who've been with me for a while now, uh, I got onto TikTok to start doing some videos just thinking it would be another place to kind of just expand my reach and help get my message out and um, had a couple videos like just really take off and found a really great uh, group of women who are um, dealing with PCOS and, you know, some other autoimmunity issues and stuff. And we all kind of found each other on there. And so now I have, um, you know, just like uh, constant notifications going to my phone from TikTok and it's great. I'm really happy about it. Um, it's wonderful after so many years of being in practice and so many years of trying to get the message out about functional nutrition to actually feel like, um, my message is finally reaching, um, reaching more people. And so, um, I just, I, I'm excited about that. And I want to share that with you guys. Cause I know that those of you who've been listening to me for a long time will be excited for me. Um, so thank you. Thank you. You know, you guys mean a lot to me. My podcast is my first love. And so I put a lot of my heart and soul into this. And I've got so many of you who have been listening from the beginning and have stuck with me through all the time off, having the baby and everything. And so, um, so yeah, I can't thank you enough. And for those of you who are new, you know, I hope that you enjoy the podcast, enjoy getting to know me as a person. Um, you know, so it's been, it's been, great, um, kind of expanding my reach and all of that and really exciting. And it's inspired me to start working on a, a PCOS group coaching class that I've been, you know, thinking about for a long time now. Um, and so this is sort of spurring me on to start working on it more and get it done, um, to kind of capitalize on the, on the momentum here. Cause I'm just realizing that there are so many more people than I, really could have comprehended who, who are desperately looking for answers and help. 
with this kind of stuff. And I remember how I felt before I knew anything about functional medicine, functional nutrition, and just how lost I felt and how um, few answers there were out there and why how frustrating that was to feel like there has to be something that can help and to be told that, you know, no, there's like really nothing that can be done. And so, I mean, that's what spurred me on to this entire career, right? So I remember that feeling of uh, feeling lost. And I know many of you can kind of relate to that feeling, you know, with, with whatever health issue that you've experienced, you know, just feeling lost, feeling like you have to advocate for yourself, feeling like people, you're not being heard, you're not being listened to. And so, um, you know, I'm realizing just how massive that problem is. And the amount of misinformation out there and just misunderstandings about what it is that somebody like me does. Um, so anyway, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute because, you know, I've got, I've got a rant. I've got a little rant for you guys today, but, um, but mostly I wanted to get that out there in the first place that, you know, I, I am working on this PCOS group coaching class and this is just going to be a way for me because I just can't work with everybody who reaches out to me as much as I wish I could. I, I like to have time. <laughs> I like to have time for, for my individual clients, you know, to really spend time on their case and, and think about them. I think that's what people need. Um, and that's the difference between what I do and, and conventional kind of nutrition care or, or healthcare or whatever is, is functional practitioners. We, we sit with you. We get to know you. Like that's the main benefit of it. That's why it can be very expensive, you know? Um, but it's just a different model. It's a different way of looking at things. And so, um, you know, there, there, but there is a way I think to kind of help more people without it completely draining me of any of my time. So, I'm realizing that I just can't work with everybody. I mean, this has been a problem for me for, for years now that, that I can't work with everybody who reaches out to me as much as I would like to. So this is going to be my attempt. And I'm sure that it, you know, I'm sure it will need some refining and all that, but this is going to be my attempt to kind of help women on a, a slightly more, um, you know, not a one-on-one -on -one basis, but like small groups, you know, um, hopefully to, you know, get them women who have similar issues kind of on the right path and so that they can figure this out on their own um, if it's possible to. And then so that they'll know if they need further assistance or guidance, you know, because they've kind of tried the other way. So it's, it's sort of going to be my way to like hopefully help walk women through that. And I'm also going to be working on a class um, for IVF, going through IVF as well. That's another thing that I've kind of been off and on talking about and working on for the longest time. So, um, so those are going to two things in the works. And so, you know, I, I mentioned this, I think last time on the podcast, but if you are interested in any of that, if you want to stay up to date, you know, you can join my email list, um, which you can opt into on my website, but also just email me at the podcast here and amberadaypodcast at gmail.com and myself or whoever's answering my email that day can get you on. Um, I've got like a special list for women, like a waiting list for it. Um, so that you can be the first to know when, when that's going to be opening up. So if you're interested in that, you know, reach out, don't ever be afraid to reach out to me. If I can't answer your question, you know, I can't guarantee that like always and forever, I will answer every person who reaches out to me because sometimes it truly, uh, can get a little overwhelming. Um, but I really try to. I genuinely try to answer everybody who, who reaches out and at least tell you like, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't like give you individualized advice, but like, 
this is where, what direction I would go, or this is who I would seek out or whatever it is. So I, I try to do that, um, as much as I can. So just know my intentions are good. Um, but yeah, okay. Into my rant. So what's really frustrating me, um, on TikTok, and I know this probably sounds so asinine to people who are just like, what the heck is TikTok? I mean, so the thing is, TikTok is, is different than I expected it to be. I mean, uh, hello guys. I'm a millennial. Like I'm in my thirties. I am not hanging out on kids apps. And that's what I thought TikTok was, but there's actually a really growing community on there of people of all different walks of life and a lot of really cool educational content that's, um, really fascinating. And so I wanted to like be a part of that and share what I had to share. And as I've been doing that, you know, my experience by and large has been very positive. People have been really, um, receptive and open to these things and, um, and in a way that, that they often aren't on Instagram because Instagram's algorithm is so hard to work with as a business owner. Um, those of you fellow business owners kind of probably know what I'm talking about. It's just hard to get, it's hard to get your message out. Um, and so that's not the same problem that I'm having with TikTok. I'm, I'm able to get my message out, which is great. But whenever you get your message out to a large group of people, um, this last video that I had has, uh, been seen by a lot more people than I ever would have expected. Um, and so whenever that happens, you know, of course you're going to have people who are going to want to disagree with you or going to, um, you know, whatever. And I was expecting people, some people to disagree with me because what I do when it comes to food sensitivities, which is what the video was about, is somewhat controversial, right? Because I like to, I do like to test for IgG antibodies and that's still controversial. Now I will say, and and I, I couldn't say this, you know, there, but I will say it here that this is not like woo-woo crazy alternative science. Like there have been studies just in the last couple of years. Like there, a lot of the studies that we're talking about at the Institute for Functional Medicine conference right now that I'm, that I'm going through are from 2019, you know, 2020. So these are new, this is new information. Um, you know, looking at IgG antibodies, um, to foods and elimination diets based on those in conditions like IBS, um, and finding good you know, good positive movement there. So is it completely worked out how that stuff works? No. Is there the chance for false positives? Is there the chance that are the, are the IgG antibody tests, you know, not, um, not always completely accurate? Yes. Like there are issues with it. It's not a perfect tool, but nothing we have is a perfect tool. Not even blood work is a perfect tool. Um, so I think people forget that, but also, uh, so I was expecting a little bit of that, right? Because, because that's that the, inst- the functional medicine world is, is on the cutting edge of science. We stay there. And that's the benefit of being a functional medicine practitioner is that you work on extrapolating from the data, um, to actual clinical outcomes. So, uh, you know, you're not waiting on somebody to tell you 20 years from now, Oh, Hey, you know, there's enough evidence to support that we should do this or that. We're kind of looking at, okay, this, this says this, and this says this, and, and these are the outcomes of different studies. And if we put it all together, knowing how the systems work with each other, we think, think it's a practice. We think that maybe going in this direction, for example, with food or elimination dieting or whatever it may be, may be beneficial for this person. And it's an experimentation process. And people know that when they sign up to work 
with functional medicine practitioners that it's not, you know, we're not guaranteeing cures here. We're, um, we're trying to help get to the root of things and that's a process, right? Um, so of course I expect a little bit of, a little bit of that because people sometimes don't know, you know, what that is. But what I didn't expect was so much, um, anger about my credentials from, um, from some, I, I assume they're dietitians because they're talking about dietitians, you know, just saying basically that I, um, am not qualified to give the information that I'm getting, giving. So, you know, you guys don't listen to my podcast for me to feel like hurt <laughs> and sorry for myself. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want you to know and anyone who's listening to this to know that, you know, my credentials are perfectly valid. I'm a certified nutrition specialist. And those of you who don't know what a certified nutrition specialist is, and a lot of dietitians don't know what a certified nutrition specialist is. It is a uh, state and federally recognized license for nutrition. In several states, it's a state license. So it's held at the same level as the RD, meaning can work in hospitals, meaning can bill insurance. Um, there are many CNSs in Texas who actually bill insurance. So Texas does not license nutritionists. So that's a whole different deal. Um, but it's a person who has gone through a very lengthy and very um, advanced education process in order to be qualified to provide advanced medical nutrition therapy um, so I had somebody telling me that I wasn't legally allowed to do that. And that's not true. As a CNS, I am trained and allowed to perform medical nutrition therapy. Um, and we are recognized by, um, the, you know, the Department of Labor, the Medicare, Medicaid. So it's, uh, this is not like a, a, a nine month, you know, little course. This is not like an out there credential. CNS is a, is a lesser known because it's somewhat newer, but it is a perfectly valid and, um, respected, um, credential for a nutritionist. It's an alternative path to licensure. So, um, depending on the state that you live in, you may or may not be able to use it as a state license, but a lot of states are what's called green states where anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. And I know that that's the, that's the concern, right? Because I often call myself a functional nutritionist. And the reason I do that is because I am really into that functional medicine stuff. And my master's degree is in functional integrative and functional nutrition. So I have that functional training, functional background through my master's program. And I'm also working on my certification with the Institute for Functional Medicine. And that's a long process that I'm kind of just starting. Um, so, so I often call myself a functional nutritionist because that's a keyword that a lot of people who are looking for, um, those kinds of approaches are looking for, right? And a lot of people don't know about the CNS. And so, um, you know, instead of having to spend a bunch of time explaining what the CNS is and, um, you know, differentiating it between other nutrition credentials, which some are, you know, some are, um, good and some are, you know, you can like buy it online for $50 or whatever, you know, or and some are coaching certifi certifications and there's all different things out there, right? Um, so instead of, getting into the weeds with that, I just call myself a functional nutritionist because to me, that's my higher level. That's my advanced level training. So, um, 
you know, I guess a lot of these people don't know what functional medicine and functional nutrition are uh, because the amount of just like talking to me as if I um, – as if I'm like providing information that's like out of alignment with my qualifications and the amount of talking about functional medicine as if it's like quackery um, was kind of surprising uh, just because, you know, if functional medicine is not alternative medicine. So I, for any of you who don't know, like functional medicine is not alternative medicine. It's, it's an integrative approach to medicine. So it's, it's, Looking at, you know, a big, a big principle of functional medicine is multiple practitioners working together is a respect for nutrition and the nutritionist and how the nutritionist and food and lifestyle play a role in client outcomes. Because doctors know that functional doctors know that there's so much more that nutrition can do than anything else. And so they often work very closely with a nutritionist. Um, and to that end too, you know, there are many dietitians who have become functional medicine dietitians. Okay. So this is not like only CNSs are doing this. In fact, they only opened up the Institute for Functional Medicine certification to CNSs a few years ago. And mostly because we just kind of like kept at it, trying to tell them, Hey, look, look at how we're qualified here. Um, you know, and they eventually did because we are, we, we go through a thousand hour internship. We have to take a standardized exam. We have to have a master's degree. We have to go through, um, continuing education. So there's a lot that goes into maintaining the credential as something that is advanced practice. And, um, you know, and that's important to me. That was very important to me when I got into nutrition to be a, to be respected and to be, um, you know, recognized as a person who can have some authority on what I say. So, um, you know, it's always frustrating for me when people just outright dismiss what I say because they don't know what my credential is and they just assume it's, it's, you know, not valid. Um, and I think that's, you know, and I have a lot of friends who are dietitians and, um, have done podcasts with, um, I did a podcast recently with, with a friend of mine who um, runs Unlocked Nutrition and we, the Iron Movement podcast, I was a guest on there and we talked about this. We talked about this kind of rampant problem in dietetics where, um, there's no kind of, no recogni recognizing that there are, um, some other paths to, you know, um, to nutrition practitionership and, um, you know, that are valid. Because I'll admit too, and it is a frustration of mine when people are not trained and are giving out nutrition advice. I mean, that's not right, right? Um, so Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Anyway, this is a long, this is a long ramble just to say that that, you know, to be honest, like hurt my feelings, you know, and so I'm realizing that um, 
the more my message gets out there, the more people I'm going to have to interact with who, um, who don't understand what I do and who don't respect what I do. And I think it's sad. I think that this whole idea of healthcare that we have is sad. This idea that there is no, um, there's no help. There's no hope for people. Um, you know, I, I have nothing against a good, well-trained, um, dietitian. I know that the, um, you know, they're moving towards requiring master's degrees, which I think is a good move. Um, and a lot of them have gone on for advanced training and, you know, are experts in their field. And I fully, fully validate that. Um, but I do wish that there was a little bit more coming back in the other direction, realizing that, Hey, like the CNS is, is the only other license that that's the state license. So, you know, we have to like realize it exists. And, um, and I, I didn't want to be under the thumb of a big agency like that where I couldn't, um, you know, say certain things. Like there's a lot of debate in that area right now over food sensitivities, believe it or not. Um, and there are a lot of dietitians who are like really big on food sensitivity testing and know like I do that it makes a big difference in client outcomes. Like they see this too. This is not some weird thing. Like a lot of, a lot of people do this. A lot of doctors do this. Um, and so it's, it's just frustrating when, you know, the general idea is, well, um, you know, that's not quote unquote evidence-based. It's like, well, what evidence are we looking at? Right? Like there are research studies that show promise. Um, and also we can look at clinical outcomes, which yes, are lower level evidence and yes, are anecdotal. But, um, when you build them up the way that I have in practice and see the difference that it makes, I mean, I'm fully convinced. So, um, it's going to, you're going to have a hard time uh, convincing me of anything different. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Just a little angry at this idea that like, you know, I just don't understand why we always outright want to be dismissive of stuff, like as a culture. Why do we want to just dismiss things? Why not look into them? Why not, you know, take things with a grain of salt, but say, hey, maybe there's something to that. Like, let's investigate it further, right? And there are a lot of people who are really, really really care about people and really care about health and really care about the science who are doing that work. Um, but then there are just so many other people that are just there to just kind of like poo poo on stuff. You know, it's like, if you don't have anything constructive to say or anything to add, then, you know, go away. Like if you have nothing, um, that you want to say that is going to actually help people like stay in your lane, you know what I mean? Um, and I just find that frustrating. It's like, there's so many people that need help. Clearly, there are so many people that need help and not any of us could ever help all of them. Um, this is a divide and conquer deal. Like we need more well-trained professionals. And um, so why don't we all work together to get there? Why don't we respect the input of people who have gone through it the right way? You know, why don't we respect when other people have gone through the pathways differently, but the right way too. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we, why we, we at large as a culture seem to struggle with that. We're so tribal. 
um, you know, and people just continue to get more and more tribal and, and just like it's us versus them, you know, and, and, um, it's real hard to break into people's clubs, you know, I mean, I felt this way about the IVF community before, and I know many women who have felt like this, like it's a, like it's a little click, it's a little club and you can't break into it. Um, they won't let you in. And then um, a lot of us nutritionists feel this way about dietitians because while there are so many great ones and so many wonderful ones and I'm friends with so many and I don't want to – I'm not trying to talk shit about dietitians. Um, but but there is this tribal element of a lot of them where they just like will not let you in the club and refuse, put blinders on completely and won't see the value that a higher level credential that's an alternative path can provide. So I guess that's all I have to say about it. I know it won't change anybody's mind because that's the other thing about people is they entrench themselves in their own viewpoints and there's no use arguing with them. So I don't even try. Um, but yeah, if any of you guys are on TikTok and want to come on there and help be my warriors for functional medicine and functional nutrition, we need you. And if you've ever thought about becoming a nutritionist, you know, I'm always happy to talk to people who want guidance on how to do what I do. Um, as I've said before, there's more work than can possibly go around. And if you're good at what you do, um, clients find you. And uh, I really believe that. And so, um, you know, if this is your passion, if you have skill for this, if you have the kind of mind for this, there's definitely work in this field. So I'd be happy to, to give you pointers on which direction to go and everything. Um, if I could go back in time, I probably would have, um, you know, I probably would have gotten my dietetics degree and then gone on and done my further level training because, you know, it would have been easier, right? Um, but that's not the path that my life took me. And I'm happy to be where I am. And um, there's a lot of things that I think that I've been exposed to because I took things in a different path that I wouldn't have before. And I'm grateful for that too. So um, so yeah, so that's, that's the big thing that's going on right now is just kind of filtering through all of that stuff and working on these different side projects. Um, those of you who who know. So advice we need. That's a podcast that I do with my friend, Jen Angela, and it's like an, a question and answer podcast. And we're doing, um, we do episodes where we answer women's like real health and relationship questions. She's a therapist. So we do like the health and the therapy side of things, but we do it in kind of a way. It's like an advice column that you hear instead of read. So it's very casual. It's not like legit advice, uh, like nutrition advice or legit therapy advice. It's more just like if we were talking to a friend, here's what we would recommend. So it's it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy filming them and everything. Um, and we're always looking for questions. But we that, that came out um, last week. So that's exciting. So we've got our first, actually our first two episodes are live. And um, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, and that sounds like something you would like, you know, reviews help a podcast so much. So, um, you know, if you've never left a review for an Amber a day and you're listening right now, you know, if you're on um, on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, like just click click a little review for me. And, and I would really appreciate that. It helps so much. But also if you want to listen to advice, we need to leave us a review there. That'd be, that'd be awesome too. And, um, eat with us, which is my project that I do with my good friend, Gabby, where we go to different restaurants in San Antonio. We published another episode of that. Um, so that's live. You can find links for, if you're curious, you can find links for all this stuff through my Instagram. That's kind of my hub now. Um, so 
so yeah, so the so there's been a lot going on um, this week, and actually today um, took Calvin to get his first official haircut. <laughs> My baby, he's growing up. He looks he looks like a little boy with his haircut. It's crazy. I know moms say this all the time, but it's like that was a big milestone, you know. Like he's he looks different now. So. Um, Anyway, he he handled it like a champ. He did cry, though. Maybe when I say handled it like a champ, I'm I'm being a little bit um, facetious. <laughs> he cried a lot. He really didn't like it. Um, we gave him two lollipops, and um, I was thinking, you know, he we don't often give him like really sweet stuff. So I was thinking like, hey, if he has a lollipop, you know, that'll occupy him because it'll be like, whoa, sweet stuff. But he was so kind of distraught over the haircut that he didn't even want that. He just wanted me to hold him and and um, he just wanted the – she was using the clippers and he didn't like the clippers. So poor baby. It, it was quick. It was over in, you know, five, ten minutes, but but he didn't like it. And I think actually today he is going to the dentist too. When he gets up from his nap, we're going to go to the dentist for his first checkup. So big day for him, poor baby. Um, but yeah, other than that, the, the big thing that I have been, um, working on is my, um, applying functional medicine and clinical practice conference. So, um, it's finally here. I, it's finally live. I have until May to finish it, but I took a week off just to kind of really try to focus on it. And, um, I tried my best, but I still only got like two days in out of a, you know, five, five, five or six days worth of, of conference material. So, um, at the moment I'm about, to, I'm just about to finish up with day two. And it's funny because, um, and one of the reasons why I did a video on food sensitivities, because one of the things we're talking about in the conference is food sensitivities. So, um, it's kind of fascinating to see and, and validating to see that there are so many doctors who also like to follow the same approach that I do. Um, a lot of my approach, I, is based on my education, but a lot of it is also based on intuition and just things I've picked up over the years. So getting the education, um, you know, this higher level functional education and seeing what other practitioners do and everything has been really eye-opening because I'm realizing, you know, that I've been on the right track with a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, the results speak for themselves, right? Like client outcomes always come first to me because I'm about helping people. That's that's what I'm here to do. Um, and so that's really important, of course, more than anything else. But it's also nice to kind of see that, you know, there's a structure to this that, you know, I've been following and that a lot of other practitioners follow the same structure. So, so you know, we're all on to something, right? Um, and we know it. The world will catch up to that. Um, it will. But, um, you know, we'll just have to wait. So, um, that's been really fascinating. It's funny because the functional, this conference and functional medicine in general is aimed at mostly at MDs, um, doctors, naturopaths, um, and other kind of, you know, health, healthcare people, but it's mostly uh, MDs. And, uh, what's interesting is that so much of what we've done so far has been nutrition. In fact, some of it is like, kind of like, a little bit like, okay, can we get into the good stuff? Because it's like stuff I already know, because obviously as a nutritionist, this is what I do day in and day out. But but a lot of um, doctors who are interested in functional medicine don't have that nutrition background. So they kind of try to give it to them to them here. And I think that's what that's the big benefit of if you are going to work with a functional medicine doctor, 
um, it's, it's a big benefit of working with them because they just have that higher level training, right? Naturopathic doctors get a lot of nutrition education. Um, but in certain states, you know, that that's not, you know, recognized as much. And so, uh, having MDs who are nutritionally trained, I just think that's huge, you know? We still get into this problem where there's not enough time for a lot of them to um, maintain a practice, you know, financially maintain a practice and spend the amount of time that they need to with clients. And that's why they often, you know, work directly with a nutritionist or um, contract out. There's some functional doctors and other practitioners in town who refer to me and I refer back to them, you know, and that's that's how we kind of do it. Um, but it's a team. It's a teamwork thing. And I just think it's really cool, though, for for all of these doctors who, in my experience in the past, have been pretty dismissive of nutrition. But for so many of them to be so interested in how nutrition and diet and lifestyle can impact their patients' health and outcomes – and so many of them are seeking higher level training in that. Like, that is so cool, right? Like, I have been saying this for a long time, but I think that the medical world and our conventional medical care is changing. You even see like regular old doctors like giving, telling people to take fish oil now. You know, these are things that, that functional minded people have been saying for 20 years, right? And now it's finally in the mainstream. Same thing with vitamin D. I mean, these are, these are things that are that are becoming a lot more mainstream, but they started in the more alternative health communities and then the functional medicine communities. Um, so I just think that that's it's awesome to see so much change and so much growth there, and and um, to see things changing. And I think that's going to hopefully trickle down to people's health and welfare. Because if I know anything, I know that we have a desperate problem with our healthcare. Um, currently, you know, um, I know this from my own personal experience and I know this from many clients experiences, that frustration of not, not having, not knowing what direction to go, not having answers and having people not listen to you. I mean, that's the most frustrating thing in the world. Right. And that's a, such a big deal in women's healthcare too. You know, women not being listened to women, not being heard. It's a huge thing in minority communities as well. Um, so it, we've got a lot of problems, a lot of systemic problems that need to be worked on. And, you know, I'm, I'm only here to play a small role in that, but for what it's worth, it's always my goal to, you know, to help as much as I can. I, I stay evidence-based in what I do, but I also try to stay up to date so that I can try new things, um, with people as they come about. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm here to I'm here to help as much as I can. That's that's my goal. So so I'm working on that's part of the reason I'm working on the certification is because I I want to learn more. Like I want to know more. I know I don't know everything. The the longer that I'm a nutritionist, the longer I work with people, the more I realize that I don't know about health and the body and biochemistry and everything. Um and that's the that's the interesting thing about about being a, a practitioner like this in general is that you start out, the lower level of knowledge that you have, the more basic knowledge that you have, the more sure you are, the more you have like a paradigm to like say, I do this, right? And um, I think this is a lot of problem that I was talking about earlier, that a lot of people, you know, who have um, certain types of educational experience 
um, experienced this and, and you may have felt like this too if you, when you first start getting into diet, right? It's like, it's very common to latch on to a community. Um, so whether it be the, you know, I latched onto the paleo community, people latch onto keto, people latch onto carnivore now, which is a whole other deal. Um, people latch onto, um, to, you know, different, different alternative kind of diet communities. AIP is another one. And they get, they find some camaraderie, they find some community, they find some answers there, they find, um, and a lot of people get good results, you know? And so you're working off anecdotal evidence there a lot of times, but you feel like you're heard, you feel like you're in a place that, that values you. And so you get this idea that you know everything because you just stick within that paradigm so you know it all, right? Um, and then the more that you learn and the more you experiment, and especially if you work with people, and I'm seeing, you know, all different types of people from all walks of life, right? You realize that what works for one person just doesn't work for another person. And, um, and that there's so much variety and so much individualization that's necessary in, in nutrition. I, I would never just sit down and make a sheet of paper that says, this is the diabetes diet and eat like this. Here you go. You know, um, it's a lot more complex than that. There are some general principles we can all follow, but, um, but it's a lot more complex than that. And so, uh, the more that I learn and the more that I know, the more I realize I don't know. And this is the path for all people who work in this field. If you ask anyone who's been in practice longer than, than a couple years, they'll say the same thing that they, they wish they could go back in time. And with what they know now, you know, like, change the things that they did back then because you just learn a lot. You just learn a lot more complexity with things. You learn to understand the gray areas of health a little bit more, um, the nuances. So, uh, so yeah, and I think that's important. I'm all about that. That's my entire personality is understanding the gray areas of life. Like that's always been big for me. Even before I was interested in health, I was doing the gray areas of life and other ways, you know? So, um, so these are things that I, I want to continue learning about. I want to know more about, I want to increase my knowledge, you know, particularly of, um, the, I, I really want to stay up to date with the latest research. And that's why being part of an organization is helpful for that. You know, going to conferences will keep you up to date. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm working on. I'm probably going to go to the hormonal conference this summer too just to kind of see what's the latest in that department. Uh, I think this year is on um, hormone replacement therapy, but uh, we'll see. So that's not a huge thing that I work with in practice, but we will see what else they're tackling and all that. And if I want to get involved in that conference, but I will at some point be going there. And so this certification that I'm doing is going to take about three years going to, I think it's like nine or 10 conferences. It's a lot. Um, and just as an aside, if you've ever wondered why functional medicine doctors and functional nutritionists have to charge what they charge, um, it's because of this. It's because the paradigm requires us to spend more time with people and more time on their case. Even if it's not directly face-to-face with you, it's outside of our time with you, spending time on your case. And our continuing education is very expensive, very expensive. So, um, you know, a doctor's office who's seeing patients every 15 minutes, they can book four people at a time, right? Because half of the people won't show up. And uh, it's just in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And that's how they can maintain that that facility that they have and all of that. And it's, it's 
you know, you, you have to see a lot of people to maintain that level of infrastructure and staffing and all that. And then in functional medicine and functional nutrition, you know, we're working off of like a smaller number of clients. So there's less to go around. So pricing does have to raise a little bit, but not to the point where, um, you know, it shouldn't be ridiculously expensive, but it does have to raise some to compensate us for our time and education and, and also for, you know, whatever facility we're working out of or whatever it may be. So, so there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, this is my time. It's, it's a lot more. Um, and this is why a lot of, a lot of functional people are just, just do private pay because in some ways it's just easier just easier, easier. And, um, yeah, that I could get into a lot with that, but I, I probably won't do that today because we're, we're hitting on 40 minutes. So I think I've rambled on you guys enough, but thanks for listening. Those of you who made it to the end here, I hope that it struck a chord with you too. If it did reach out, let me know, tell me your opinions. And uh, your outro is going to play here soon and let you know about some of the ways that you can support the podcast and join my community and all that. But I hope you guys have a really good week. And, you know, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining me. And I hope that um, I hope that I can help in whatever way. So um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Bye. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.